Did you know that MongoDB University has been completely redesigned from the ground up? Hands-on labs and quizzes, bite-sized video lectures, learn at your own pace, study guides and materials, 100% free access to MongoDB training. Visit mdb.link slash learn. Advance your career and learn MongoDB today. Check the show notes for links. The Mern Stack. It's MongoDB Express.js, React and Node.js. It's a popular framework, great for developing applications, leveraging JavaScript. If you want to learn more about it, stay tuned. We've got two great guests. The first is Bo Carnes. He's from Free Code Camp, and he's a teacher and a YouTube creator. He's created a brand new video on the Mern Stack. Really great content. And we're also welcoming Jesse Hall. Jesse Hall is Code Stacker from YouTube. He's got some great tips and advice for those of you that might be thinking about creating content in the YouTube space. Great conversation with Bo and Jesse. Stay tuned. You're listening to the MongoDB Podcast. MongoDB Podcast. Exploring the world of software development, data, and all things MongoDB. And now your hosts, Michael Lynn and Nick Raboy. Hey, Bo, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to the folks, let them know who you are. Sure, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Bo Carnes. I run the freecocamp.org YouTube channel. We're one of the bigger software tutorial channels on YouTube, and we post software courses from a lot of different contributors. And besides, so part of my job is getting courses from other contributors and helping the, and getting them onto our channel, but also I, I create some courses myself. And uh, recently, I created a course uh, featuring MongoDB. So that's one of, one of the things we'll be talking about today. Fantastic. Awesome. And we actually also have another guest on this podcast episode. So we have Jesse Hall, uh, which he is actually a new employee at MongoDB on our team. Jesse, why don't you give us a, a little bit of, about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Jesse Hall. I am a developer advocate at MongoDB now. This is my second week on the job, so still going through the onboarding and figuring things out, but it's been, uh, it's been great so far, and I'm excited to be on the podcast. And you actually have a, a pretty huge reputation outside of MongoDB as well, right? You have, uh, you want to plug your personal media channels? Yeah, um, so you might know me from YouTube as CodeStacker, so uh, check that out. I've been doing that for a couple of years, and um, it's, it's a fun side project, and uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Well, it's great to have you both on the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the new course that you briefly mentioned, Bo. I, I'd like to, to get into that and talk a little bit about what that course is about and who it might appeal to. First of all, what is the name and what's the primary topic of the, of the video, Bo? Yeah, so this course is about the Mernstack. And I created a Mernstack course a few years ago that was really popular. And I was pretty excited when MongoDB reached out to Free Code Camp about creating another course on the Mernstack. I was pretty excited to do it because I wanted to kind of learn about what, what new things have happened uh, in the past few years. And I was uh, very pleasantly surprised to see some of the new features that are on MongoDB Atlas with uh, MongoDB Realm. So in the course, I go through, I teach how to make a basic Mernstack, uh, Mernstack app with MongoDB, Express, uh, Node.js, and React. And then 
I show how to remove the entire backend, the Node Express backend, and replace it with a uh, serverless, basically in the cloud with MongoDB Realm. And so it, it's it's like a whole new way of doing it that I was kind of really excited to find out about. And it makes it a lot simpler to make uh, full stack web apps. Great. I love the concept of uh, diving into Mern and then actually replacing the back end. That's going to be really compelling. Now, Jesse, I know you've just joined MongoDB, but have you done any uh, content around uh, MongoDB, Mernstack, Meanstack, anything like that? Yeah, so I, I've, I've never put it all together, but I've done some Node stuff, some a lot of React stuff. Um, and there's a couple of tutorials where I use uh, Atlas. So um, I'll, I'll be excited to be learning about all of these other things like Realm that I don't really know a lot about right now. So um, this is going to be something uh, something exciting to, 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 to learn about. Yep. Now, I, I might be a little old on this or out of, out of touch, but uh, when we're talking about React in the Mern stack, are we strictly talking about uh, React for, for web or are we talking about React Native as well? I think it's pretty much always React for web in the Mern stack. So my question would be, are you using any classes or uh, is it all hook-based? Oh, so yeah. In this course, we, we use React hooks, which is something new from the last course I made a few years ago. I focus on classes, but I wanted to make sure everything was updated with the, the newest of and all the technologies. And so I went with all React hooks. And then another thing I did was um, in my previous course, I used Mongoose to connect to MongoDB. And in this course, I just used the native MongoDB driver. And uh, realize Mongoose has a lot of extra things that you, you may not even need. So a lot, I'm, almost all of the Mernstack courses I've seen use Mongoose, but I just went directly with the MongoDB driver and then it, it doesn't have as much, I mean, you, you don't have to load as many libraries and stuff like that. So it'll load quicker on people's browsers. Fantastic. And so the previous video from my understanding did really well. Maybe talk a little bit about that course and maybe folks want to check that out before is it worth having them check out that video before they go to the new video really i would just recommend going straight to the new video and you can see basically you can see some of the updates like we were talking about with react hooks uh just using the native driver and then you can also see how everything works with mongodb realm as well so i mean it, the old video is still is applicable and is still relevant but the new video just has a lot of that same information, but even even more information. So I believe you mentioned earlier that uh, this course is is going to be great if you if you want to get kind of get started with maybe web development or MongoDB or React. Uh, so that's leading me to believe that it's going to be a beginner course, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. But what what are any prerequisites that somebody has to know prior to coming into this? Sure, yeah, this, this is a beginner's course. However, it would still be applicable to you if you just want to. So it kind of has two target audiences. Some people that are, are brand new and want to kind of learn how to develop an app with the Mern stack. And then maybe people that are already experienced developers with the Mern stack, but want to learn how to convert your Mern stack app or to have a completely serverless backend with MongoDB Realm. And so you can kind of be look, going at it from both perspectives. So if you're brand new, I would say you definitely have to have some basic understanding of JavaScript, but you don't necessarily need to know that much about React or Node.js or Express or even MongoDB. Um, I don't go into 
every de- all the details about all those technologies. Like I, I don't, it's not a full React course, but I go over enough where if you don't have any experience with React, you'll still be able to follow along. Yeah, I was just going to add on to that. Like before you go into React, you you definitely want to understand a good bit of JavaScript first. And um, but other than that, I'm sure you're going to show them all of the basics for React, Mongo, and uh, and Node. But um, I'm sure you know if they don't have those basics of JavaScript down, they could go to Free Free Code Camp and and get those uh, JavaScript basics as well. Yeah, yeah, we have a JavaScript course on Free Code Camp as well, and that just happens to be another one of the courses that I created, and it's it's the really the most popular course I've ever created. So I'm pretty excited and proud about that. Knowing JavaScript is good. I'm wondering if you can, for the folks that are listening that may not have have gotten into React, can you talk a little bit about how it differs from vanilla JavaScript and and what does it take to begin using a framework like React? I guess what it takes to begin, I mean, like like we said, you need to know basic JavaScript and then you can just kind of go right into a React tutorial to to learn how React works. So React is a front-end library that makes it simpler to create front-end websites, basically. And React focuses on making single-page apps where you're you're not loading a new HTML file for every single web page you go to on your site, but it just loads new content in different sections of the page. So it was developed by Facebook. And, it, you know, when you go to Facebook, everything, it's a single-page app where just everything kind of just reloads in different sections of the page and you never go to an, another HTML page or anything like that. So React helps you create sites like that. For your course, uh, this this Bernstack course, um, are you using vanilla JavaScript for each of the components or are you using TypeScript? Because I think as of now, each one of those has some kind of TypeScript binding, correct? Uh, yes, that's true. In this course, it is all vanilla JavaScript. I don't know if people would call using React vanilla JavaScript, but it's it's not TypeScript, it's JavaScript. Is there a reason why you chose to use that rather than than the TypeScript alternative? I mean, overall, JavaScript is, is it's, it's a lot more popular. It's a lot w- more well-known. And I think that people are going to be able to follow along a lot better with, uh, a lot more people will be able to follow along with JavaScript without having to learn an additional uh, learning TypeScript. And also another good thing about JavaScript is that it's used in MongoDB Realm. So as far as I know, I don't think MongoDB Realm uses TypeScript at all. I think it's just, it's just JavaScript, right? Yeah, I, I believe Realm doesn't support it yet, but I believe the Node.js driver for MongoDB uh, supports TypeScript. Do you know anything on that, Mike? Yeah, I believe that's the case. Yep. Yeah, and, and TypeScript is, is just a wrapper around JavaScript, right? So uh, for a beginner course, yeah, I would definitely stick with JavaScript. Um, and then to add TypeScript onto that or, you know, wrap it around that, it just, it adds typing and it, it adds static typing to your JavaScript, right? That's the main benefit. So that's something that you can tack on later. Great. So, so the video itself, tell me a little bit about what people are going to accomplish apart from, you know, understanding how to put together a Mern stack application. Um, is there a specific use case that you're accomplishing with the video? So the exact app that's developed in the in the video in the course is a restaurant review app and one thing cool is that we use uh, so mongodb atlas has a bunch of sample data sets that are helpful when you're just trying to learn things and you don't want to have to go out and get your own data or enter all the data manually yourself so one of the sample data sets is a list of restaurants with um, location data 
ranking data for the restaurants. So we use that sample data set so we can just automatically load a bunch of data and it makes it so in the app, you can see the, the list of restaurants, you can search by zip code, you can search by uh, the title of the restaurant or the cuisine, and then you can add reviews to the restaurants. And then you can also click a link to open up a map to the exact location where the restaurant is based on the data in the sample data set. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, I love those sample data sets because it, it basically lets you start right right out of the box. And yes, there's a sample restaurant. There's also a fictitious Netflix. It's it's called Mflix um, data set. There's geospatial data. There's a sample analytics data set that, that you might find in a financial arena. There's also Airbnb data, some uh, sample Airbnb data, a retail data set, and, and even some weather data. So um, that's fantastic. How far along do they get when producing this app, is it is it a functional restaurant review app that you you're creating? Yeah, so you create a full app. I mean, the the, the functionality is very limited because uh, you know the whole course is under two hours long. So there's only so much you can get within that amount of time. But it is a fully functional web app, and it's like specifically for beginners to so learn the basics of the Mern stack. And then, I mean, one of the great things is so at the end. We sh I show you how to pull out the Node and Express and convert to MongoDB Realm, where you basically create uh, API endpoints from within from the web interface on Realm, and then you r you write JavaScript functions that get that get run whenever someone whenever a browser or anything calls that endpoint. So uh, it, basically, it's really easy to switch out. You go you have your your same front end that was created in React, and you can easily make it call. Instead of calling your your endpoints from your Node Express app, you call your endpoints from MongoDB Realm, and then the the JavaScript functions that Realm runs will return the appropriate data from the database. And uh, an another cool thing that I show is that how you can then host your entire front end on MongoDB Realm as well. So we're hosting the back end, and then also I I show how to just upload your React file. To MongoDB Realm, so then everything is hosted in the, in the cloud, and the great thing is it's all free. So obviously, MongoDB Realm does have a paid plan, but for small projects like this, when you're just learning, the the free plan uh, covers is able to cover everything that you need to do for this project. Fantastic. So a couple of questions. Uh, one: Are you walking through the process of downloading and installing MongoDB, or you're just basing this on on MongoDB Atlas to begin with? So it's all from the very beginning, it uses MongoDB Atlas, which basically just means you're using MongoDB in the cloud and you don't. So I don't show how to run MongoDB on your local computer from the very beginning. We're using the MongoDB database stored in the cloud and not on your local computer. OK. And again, you're using the free tier, which is which is great. And that's a free forever instance. You don't have to pay for it. No credit card required, which is really, really great, especially if you're just trying to get started and figure out whether or not you want to build something on MongoDB. The second question was around, you mentioned replacing the backend, and I think I get that. That's MongoDB Realm backend services. You, it basically does all of the things that Express does without having to go and, and, and create that stub code and, and create the, the routes and all of that stuff. Um, that's all built right into MongoDB Realm. But then you mentioned the front end. Um, you want to talk a little bit about how that, how that works? Well, yeah. So the front end is just a, a React app. And... To get the data that's going to display in your front end, 
it has to make calls to the back end that will send the appropriate data from the database to display like the list of like whether you want to see a list of restaurants, whether you want to see the list of cuisines, whether you want to see the reviews that are associated with that restaurant. Those are each individual API calls to the back end. So when you're having a full stack web app, the cool thing is that the back end and the front end are can be completely interchangeable. So you can have one front end that will work with a multiple different types of back ends. So you could write your back end with Node. You could have it uh, even like a Python back end. Or in this case, we switched it to MongoDB Realm, which is basically all able to be hosted completely in the cloud. Yeah, so this is this is all great stuff. And for anyone listening and want to learn more about Realm, we actually did an interview on the podcast. It was it was episode number seven, but we've actually had a few other episodes scattered throughout the podcast as well. It's definitely worth going back and having a listen, so that way you can become more familiar on on what uh, MongoDB offers in that particular space. And so, Bo, uh, the for these for newer developers that are just learning or they're trying to figure out should they learn Angular or React or Node or all these different things, how how do these technologies that you're using help them, you know, in, in their career and what they're trying to, to accomplish? I would recommend when you're first starting out, it's, it's good to kind of get a little bit of knowledge about a lot of different technologies. That's one great thing about the freecodecamp.org channel is that we have intro courses on a bunch of different popular programming language, uh, languages, frameworks, and a lot of different technologies. So in not too much time, you can go through all these different courses and just learn just the basics of all these different technologies. And during the course of kind of learning about the basics of all these technologies, you might you might find one that's of particular interest, or maybe you like working with one technology more than the others. And then that can kind of give you an idea that maybe that's the one that you should go deep on. Developers should have just a general understanding of as, of as much as possible, but you, you only have enough time to go deep on just a few things, but you won't even know what to go deep on without getting a general knowledge of, of everything. Yeah, that's, that's all, what I always tell people is just try it. Just, you know, just look into it. It didn't take me very long going through the different frameworks to figure out that I really liked React. And so that's, that's what I stuck with. You know, there are other ones out there. Some uh, appeal to others, but you, you, you won't know until you try it. And I think there's one other way to kind of find out what you want to focus on, which is looking at what the job availabilities are. You often hear about like what's all these different popular frameworks and stuff. And a lot of so much stuff in the tech field is based on like what's going on in Silicon Valley. But the truth is there's software development jobs all over the world and in pretty much every state, every city, every country, different regions I found will focus on different technologies. So when I was first trying to become a developer, what I did was I, I basically cold emailed a bunch of different developers in the city where I knew I wanted to get a job, asked if I could buy them a coffee so I could talk to them about the, the kind of being a developer and, and their job. And a lot of people took me up on that. And I was able to actually uh, meet with a lot of developers in the city where I wanted to work. And I specifically asked them, like, what? what programming languages and technology is is are you is is used a lot at your job and, and the jobs around here and I, I actually found out that some of the the top the top languages 
and the frameworks that are being used were not necessarily the same as the top languages and frameworks in Silicon Valley. I'm over in Michigan. So that kind of gave me a better idea of what I should focus on because I'm not just trying to, I, I knew I wasn't going to move out to California or anything. I knew I wanted to stay, stay in Michigan, close to my family. So I wanted to focus on the technologies that are going to help me get a job right where I'm at. So that's just another way you can try to figure out what you want to focus on. Great. And I'd like to maybe transition a little bit into the process of creation. You know, creating these videos is, um, uh, I mean, it can be very rewarding. Learning a technology is one thing, but I find for myself, one way to, to really embrace a technology is then to begin to understand how to teach it to somebody else. And Bo, I'm curious, and, and Jesse, please weigh in. What's the process you go through to, to begin to put a tutorial like this together? Well, first of all, I like what you said about it helps you kind of learn the content to, to teach it. I know when I, first, when I first started, really the way I really got to know JavaScript was to start creating JavaScript video tutorials. And I had a list of topics I needed, I wanted to teach about JavaScript, but I didn't know about all those topics yet. So I had to learn those topics in order to be able to teach them. And that really helped me understand the concepts and JavaScript a lot better. And it's kind of the same way with really creating any course. So like how I kind of went about creating this course and it kind of ties in a little bit to the previous course because there was some overlap in the in the knowledge between the first course I made and this course. But the first step is just to do a lot of research and um, like read some of the official docs, maybe check out some other tutorials that other people have created and kind of just get to know the technology a lot. And then for a course like this where I'm having people develop a specific project one of the earlier steps was to actually create this, the project myself. So I had to first figure out how to create the project when I'm not teaching it. And so I, I would know what I was going to teach. So I spent a lot of time creating the exact project that I was going to develop. And uh, once, I, once I had the, the completed project done, then I had to think about, oh, um, how can I break this down? What's the, what's the right order to teach the different uh, topics in this project. And then I just started started recording. And a lot of people may write out like a super specific script of what they're going to say. I don't really do it that way. I have kind of a general idea. And I do write out the script for some sections. I write out the script for like the introduction, the conclusion, and maybe some other sections. But for the main part of teaching, I'm mainly just kind of making up as I go as I'm teaching. But and then for me in particular, I do a lot of editing. So so it, you'll see you'll, when you see um some t I never have my face on screen during the tutorial. Some cr creators will have their face on screen the whole time, showing how they're developing the 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 project. But for me, I do so. If you have your face on screen, it makes it more obvious when you made a cut. Because but if you don't have your face on screen, nobody knows. Uh, how much you, uh, cutting you do. So if you like saw my timeline of, of uh, my complete edit, it's just like cut after cut after cut, trying to edit out all these mistakes that I make during it. And then sometimes if I don't know how to explain something, I'll take a, like in the middle of recording, I will pop over to another tab and read about what I'm just about to talk about. Oh, I need, how can I explain the uh, JavaScript functions in MongoDB Realm? Well, I'll go and read what they say on their documentation. And then I pop back over to my recording and then just, say it like uh like it's just like some 
some expert knowledge I have when I just actually read it a few seconds before. And then I'll just cut out the part where I went over and read it. So then it makes it look like I know exactly what I'm talking about when actually I'm kind of learning as I go. So that's kind of like the behind the scenes secrets to uh, how I go about making a tutorial. That's exactly, exactly what it's like creating content. You're learning the content first, and then you're trying to build something with it. And then you're kind of creating notes as you go. Um, and then I do like a basic outline and the same thing. Like I've, I've recorded with my face on the screen before, and I stopped doing that because of all the cuts. <laughs> it is very obvious. Um, but I, I think that just to talk about the, the creation itself of content, I think that every developer uh, would benefit from creating some sort of content, whether that's a, a blog article or video or whatever it might, might be, because that creation, that content creation process really teaches you a lot and, and you really learn the, the technology so much better. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I, I would. I also recommend everyone try to create some content because it doesn't have to be a video. It can be a blog post or an article. And one great thing is not only do you learn things, then when you go to get a job, especially if you're a newer developer, um, you can show them this content that you created. And that, when I went to get my first developer job, so I worked as a developer at some other companies before I was with Free Code Camp. And when I went to get my first job, it actually seemed pretty easy to get a job. I was able to get like multiple job offers and every, uh, for my first job. And I think it was mainly based on my content creation where a lot of employers, they just want to make sure, they want to have some sense that the person they're hiring actually knows what they're doing. And there's only so much you can learn based on an interview. But if you have all these blog posts and videos and you can say, hey, look at my YouTube channel, look at these articles I wrote, that proves to the employer that you know what you're talking about. So some people I think are really worried about like how many views am I getting? Are uh, like or like uh, where it's kind of nice if people view your your content a lot, but if your primary goal is to just get a job, it almost doesn't matter how many people view your content because as long as your uh, future employer views your content and likes what they see. I, I also want to add to this because this is this hits home on a on a personal level as well. So. Back before I was a content creator, I, I struggled to find work. But then I started creating content on my blog, YouTube channel, etc. I started building a portfolio for myself online, uh, exactly like Bo said. And then the jobs, they just started coming. Like I, I had to fight them off and just start ignoring them. That's how many came in. Uh, so it really helps. And I gave this, I give this advice to everyone I talk to who's, who's in a similar situation. I think uh, even some people internally, they've, they've, told their kids about it and it and it's helped them as well so there's nothing better that you could do for yourself in the technical space than than build an online uh virtual portfolio for yourself like this as a creator yeah when i went to get my first job i sent them a link to all, tons of different projects i created that i put on my personal website as like a portfolio and uh, quite a few of the projects were from the freecocamp.org curriculum so i went through the freecocamp.org curriculum and during that curriculum you create a bunch of projects and I was able to use that on my resume. And then I, there were some projects I also showed on my resume that were from video courses I saw. Now, that was before the freecocamp.org channel was very popular. But now the YouTube channel is another great place to go to get projects that you can create. And then you can put on your resume to show that you created. And then one other thing I would, if there are new developers trying to get a job, one thing I always recommend is... See if there's any real world projects you can make. Like I reached out to some, when I was a new developer, before I had any job, I, I created some projects for some local nonprofits. 
and one small business where I basically gave them either I did it for free or like really low pay uh, for a local nonprofit where I knew the owner and then a local nonprofit where I knew them. And then I could make a project for a real company or organization that I was then able to put on my resume. And then that was super helpful when I went to get a job. Yeah. And so just talking about like watching tutorials and creating projects and, and whatnot, creating the project along with the tutorial, that's great. But then I would recommend not putting that specific project on your resume. Like you could take that project and then tweak it, make it, make it your own, add something to it, do something with it, and then put it on your resume. And that's going to show that you, you learned that, but then you added to it. Yeah, that's good advice. It's great advice. And so thinking about like from transitioning from just a beginner, creating projects and, and leveraging that to, to build out your resume of experience, I think that's fantastic. Then as you, as you begin to create more content, what are some tips that you both have, have learned over time to make your, your content more attractive and, and have it perform better on platforms like YouTube? Well, I have a lot of experience with that, running the Free Code Camp Tower YouTube channel, and I see tons of different creators, and I have a lot of submissions where I'll give people suggestions on how they can improve things. There's a few very simple basic things, though. Um, I would say one, having a good microphone. Two, spending some time editing to make sure you cut out any fluff or mistakes or anything like that. Every sometimes it can be helpful to see a mistake so people can see how you handle mistakes, and that can be a teaching or learning experience. But then one of the biggest things that new people mess up on is the the, the font size of the code. It seems like a simple thing, but it's like the number one thing uh, newbies get wrong is that. People are watching on all sorts of different size screens. And uh, according to the YouTube analytics on the free CoCamp channel, one third of our viewers are on mobile devices. And uh, I recently put out a poll on the free CoCamp YouTube channel or uh, uh, on the community, uh, community post. And it was even greater than one third were using mobile devices. And then a lot of people were using, that weren't using mobile devices were still using small screens because the great... The great thing about YouTube is people are watching from all over the world and they're watching from a lot of different, um, the people watching aren't always able to afford like really large, big screens, especially if they're brand new developers. Uh, I mean, if people that are just learning development, they don't have, they don't often don't have a lot of finances to get these large screens. And then the people creating tutorials have these humongous screens. They have like, and they just record at their like normal size font size. And then when it shrinks down to this small screen, people can't even see what's going on. So I know I spend a lot of time talking about this one little issue, but it's like a big issue that a lot of newer creators have. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one thing that I ran into. Um, my first several videos, uh, I didn't zoom in. And there were, you know, right away, several comments. It's hard to see. And, and, I, and I never thought about that at first. Like, well, they're actually watching these from, a lot of people are watching them from mobile phones. So you have to zoom in, make it, uh, accessible on any device. But yeah, there's definitely some other things you can do. I think the, one of the biggest things is just practice. The more videos you create, the better you'll get at it. And when you kind of, kind of spend time looking at how other people create their tutorials, and that will kind of give you an idea. Uh, but two other really important things are just the topic in general. So I've noticed that on the free CoCamp channel, well, if we post a course that's not very good on a very popular topic, the video will be popular. If we post post like the best course ever on like a really uh, unpopular topic, the 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 course will be unpopular. So um, 
it does matter how how much quality is in the course and how good the teacher is but sometimes the topic that you choose even matters more as far as trying to get people to view that that video so i would do a lot of research on what people are trying to what people are searching for and uh so you can kind of, there's a lot of different ways you can search for that i mean you can look on youtube what videos are getting what other videos are popular you can go to uh, udemy to see what courses are popular on there and then there's Google Trends. So uh, you may know about Google Trends where you can see how popular search term is. And on Google Trends, you can actually select that you only wanna see the search words on YouTube. So you can see how popular search words are on YouTube with Google Trends. And that's another way to figure out what topics you wanna to focus on. Well, Bo, this, this is all very useful information that you're providing us. Uh, likewise to you, Jesse. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with when it comes to this podcast episode? Any kind of words of wisdom? My main word of wisdom is just to keep learning, keep making things. And if you are a newer developer, I think just both those things are going to really pay off for you. If you just keep learning, keep making projects, eventually that's going to pay off and you're going to be able to uh, move up in your career. Any final words of uh recommendation or advice jesse yeah same thing uh it's just as a developer you're never going to you know be done learning like you have to just continuously learn new things um and so just just find the fun in that of learning new things and learning new technologies and and that's gonna what that's going to be what's going to uh you know advance your career just just keep learning well bo jesse thanks so much for joining us it's been a great conversation thanks thanks for having me Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a question or a suggestion for the show? Visit us in the MongoDB community forums at community.mongodb.com. Did you know that MongoDB University has been completely redesigned from the ground up? Hands-on labs and quizzes, bite-sized video lectures, learn at your own pace, study guides and materials, 100% free access to MongoDB training. Visit mdb.link learn. Advance your career and learn MongoDB today. Check the show notes for links.